0: To the Van Life Pantry Nomadic Pantry Podcast, where we talk all things food, cooking, kitchen, and pantry storage for vehicle nomads. I have missed coming in and talking for the last few weeks. Uh, it seems that I'm only able to catch this once every few weeks because I've been awfully busy. But I am happy to be back with you today, and I have several things to share. And I said on my last live that I was going to do live more often, but I find that I'm not always in a place where it is quiet enough to do a live, or I have enough time to sit down at one moment and give it a full time block. So um, here I am, back again with just a regular podcast, and I am just going to say regular stuff, (laughs) as always. I always think of some really interesting things to share. And then, of course, I second-guess myself and say, oh, that's not important enough to do a podcast about. And as I've been saying from the beginning, if I wait for it to be perfect, or if I wait for something to seem worthy, then it will never happen. But what I have in experience and information is worthy, and there is always going to be someone way further ahead than you are on whatever path you are following who doesn't need the information that you are giving because they've already done it, been there, already know that, but there are always other people who are behind where you are on the path. There are always people who can benefit from whatever knowledge and information you have, and I just have to remind myself that those are the people I'm talking to, the people who need the information that I am about to give, the people who need to hear what I have to say. Now, I had a professor in college who told us that if we missed any class of his, we would be deficient in the rest of our lives because... Missing what he had to say would cause defects in our future. I'm certainly not egotistical enough to say that missing what I have to say is going to affect you in any negative way, but I can say that what I have to say might be useful and helpful to some people, and that is my hope. That is why I do this, and that is what I'm hoping to share. And really, a lot of the reason that I share about food is because my life is food-focused. I am not an overweight person. I am not an unhealthy person in most ways. But as I've mentioned, I do have food sensitivities. And because we have to eat every day, multiple times, um, it is always a topic at the forefront for me. What is healthy? What can I eat? How can I eat it? How can I find it? How can I prepare it? And even if you are not one of those people who has food sensitivities, uh, I think that all of the information that I share can also be useful to you. So let's get started on some of the information that I want to share today. I'm going to continue sharing about the Dash Mini Appliances. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I have tried the Nostalgia brand Mini Waffle Maker. And I just ran across it one day as I was in a store and I thought that would be superb because I can run it with my portable battery and I don't have to worry about the propane and the butane use inside the vehicle. And on those rainy days or those cold days that we are getting further and further into now, I don't have to cook outdoors. Um, So I went ahead and purchased that and it uses 350 watts of power, um, 350 watt draw, and my battery can accommodate that. So I started using that and it was great. You can make waffles, of course, but you can make eggs. You can make um, kind of omelet sort of things. You can make hash browns. You cannot make brownies, at least not gluten-free brownies. That was a complete fail, and I keep saying that I'm going to share the video, and I have not yet put up the video about the brownie fail. What I ended up making was brownie crumble, and I've mentioned that before, and that actually tasted good, but Um, It did not make good brownies. So it had limitations, and I wanted something that was more versatile than that, but was a small appliance. And I didn't actually know about the entire list of small appliances that were available. And, oh, let me tell you, that opened up a whole new level of versatility in cooking when I found that Dash brand had... A whole bunch of different types of mini appliances. Several of the people in my van groups use the mini rice maker and I haven't tried that one but it might be on my list. I'm, I'm considering that. I'm not sure if I am ready to purchase another appliance because I do have the instant pot, the three quart, and that also can work on my battery. And because space is limited, I don't want to just carry around a bunch of appliances. I plan to try it at some point at least so that I can review it and give you information about it and then maybe I will just um, give it away i'll I'll do a maybe a gift post and um, I don't know i'll I'll randomly choose somebody in my group uh, who maybe will receive that That's kind of the thought um, for now so that's one that people like um there are several little mini waffle makers. Dash makes these cute, cute, cute mini waffle makers. Now, if you wanted a different appliance for every individual job, you would go and get all of these little Dash minis. But uh, I don't know anybody who really wants a very large array of miniature appliances taking up kitchen space. Even if you are at a home base, you don't really want that many. But they had at holiday time, they had a spiderweb waffle maker. They had a skull waffle maker, a pumpkin waffle maker. And now for Christmas, they have several new ones. They have gingerbread. Um, There is a gingerbread person. There is actually a trio that they sell. And there's the gingerbread person. Something that kind of looks like a decorated sugar cookie. It's got um, sort of a doily pattern on one side and kind of some, not quite rainbow, but sort of rainbow shape on the opposite side. And then they have just a plain waffle maker, but the outside of it is decorated with various colorful Christmas trees. So they are really getting into... Now you have a waffle maker for Christmas and you have a waffle maker for Easter and you, (laughs) and every one of them is different. One for Halloween. So you can really get crazy with the dash minis. But what I found and what I I went looking for something to use instead of the waffle maker, something that had, I was hoping for, um, a more griddle or Yeah, basic griddle-like flat surface, skillet flat surface. And I thought I was going to go buy the sandwich maker because that looked like it had a more flat surface. But when I got to the store, I found that the waffle, I'm sorry, the sandwich maker actually has little molded shapes, sandwich shapes in the machine. And I didn't want molded shapes. I wanted just skillet surface. So then I found that there is a mini griddle, and it's a round one. It also uses 350 watts, Um, and I didn't really want the round because I already have the round waffle maker. So I saw the Square Mini Egg Bite Maker, and I may have mentioned it the last time that I um, was on my live, but... I've had now an additional few weeks to use it and that item, again, was a complete game-changer. Every now and then we come across something that is a complete game-changer. Something that really makes things easier and streamlines the processes. And this Dash Mini Egg Bite Maker is one of those things. The first thing I decided to do with it was to try a little frozen pizza. And that worked great. Um, I, I bought a frozen pizza. I cut it up into the sizes that would fit. The mini maker is five inches by five inches square. So you can cut your pizza into little squares or you can cut it into strips or however you want to cut it. But prior to cooking, you cut the thing while it's frozen and then pop it into the maker and let it cook. So you have to do batches, of course, because you can only cook really one piece at a time, and it takes a few minutes per piece. So you've got to have a you know, little bit of time to sit and cook for making pizza. But that worked out great, and it's a good um, possibility for an easy dinner if you don't feel like cooking something from scratch. and You want to just grab something that you can heat up Certain frozen items are good to just put in there. I ended up calling the Dash Company because they do not tell you on the box or on the user manual or anywhere online what the temperature gets up to, and I wasn't sure if they were safe for certain foods, such as raw ground beef. And what they told me was all of their mini appliances get into a heat range of 400 to 425 so that's kind of the the range on the low end it's around 400 on the higher end it's 425 so you are getting enough heat to be able to cook raw meat on these devices and that was a really good thing to learn So after the pizza and after speaking with the company, I've done quite a few different things. And most of them, as I've said before, are variations on a theme because in this lifestyle, in traveling, in tiny fridges, even if you have a tiny house home base, you're going to have a tiny everything. And so this, all of this information actually works for people who live stationary in tiny houses as well. You have to shop small and cook small. And um, usually if you're in a tiny house, you're not going to have a huge family that you have to cook large for. If you do, then some of these things will work and some won't. But I do a lot of eggs and I do one at a time. One of the other really great things about this maker is portion control. You, you know, if you think about it, at a restaurant, you get pretty good sized portions. And you want those because you're spending quite a bit more at a restaurant than it would cost you to make the food at home. So you're buying convenience, but you don't want to feel like you got shorted. So they give you good sized portions. But the problem with that is the portions are too big for anyone in any one sitting for the most part. That doesn't mean... You're not hungry enough to eat it all. Doesn't mean that you haven't stretched your stomach to fit that food size. But if you look at what a human-sized portion should be per meal, almost every restaurant meal is going to exceed that portion. Unless you're at the hoity-toity restaurants who sell fine foods at fine prices. And they, they typically use um, small portioning. But I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about any regular restaurant that you're going to go to on any given day. You either need to split it and use leftovers or you're eating too much. So in this tiny lifestyle, in this mobile lifestyle, with this tiny cooking, (laughs) this mini device, you can portion control in a much better way. So my breakfast usually includes one egg. And a few things mixed in. So I've done bell pepper. Of course, if you've been listening, you know that I tend to use a lot of bell pepper. Um, I did a side of figs with goat cheese and raw honey. Just the other day, I did a chicken apple sausage, and I actually cut it in half. So the sausages come in a size, however many ounce. And, um, I think there are four to a package, but they're pretty big sausages. So I actually made a meal out of a half sausage, one egg, one mushroom. I know, I know one mushroom. I did one crimini mushroom. It was a big mushroom, one quarter of a zucchini, some salt and pepper, and then I used a small tomato, and I just sliced it, and I put it as a side all the way around, and I ate this in a bowl. It was a little egg bowl breakfast, and it was exactly portioned right for one person. If you typically need more than that, you could double it, but to fit it in the pan it was exactly right for the size pan. So if you are doubling, you have to do this in two batches. You'd have to make one batch and then start all over, make the second batch, and then have your breakfast. I often will put the egg into a cup and stir and beat the egg so that it's more like a scrambled egg and pour it over the ingredients that I have already placed in the Dash Mini Egg Bite Maker. but often other times I want it to look like a fried egg. And I was at a grocery store one day and I found a little round silicone egg mold that is really just a round circle and you set it in the egg bite maker and then you can just crack your egg gently directly into that mold and it makes it round. The same way that the unnamed fast food egg muffin comes in that round shape. This makes your egg in that round shape, sunny side up. So that's fun because, you know, it gives you it a a different way. You can have it softer. You can have the yolk soft if you want. Um, I mean, you can have an over easy or an over medium, or you can make a hard uh, yolk if you want. So I've done that with a little bit of sauteed Zucchini in the pan, a little bit of fresh bell pepper again. I've done those with shredded cheese over the top. I've done those with shredded cheese and a little bit of chili over the top. And then I've made the things that the Egg Bite Maker was designed to make, and that is egg bites. I'm not a big fan of Starbucks and I've never eaten these, but I understand Starbucks has a thing called egg bites. And it's just kind of a little mini muffin, but it's not a muffin. It's an egg. So it's a mini muffin shaped egg and it has ingredients in it. Little, little add-ins. So I did a pepperoni and egg and some peppers, some uh, wax peppers in mine. And what else did I do? Bell pepper I've done salami, I've done tomato slices on the side, and the mini egg bite maker comes with these four little silicone cups. It will hold two eggs. I know I talked about that on my last podcast because the guest was saying that that would never be enough food, and for some people it isn't, but it is. this is a two-egg breakfast. So you would mix up your two eggs, and then between those two eggs, you divide it into the four cups, and it fills the cup about halfway with the egg, and then you add your little ingredients, close the lid, and it cooks for about 10 minutes. I've also made quesadillas, and I use grain-free tortillas. I make, uh, I do the Siete almond flour brand grain, Siete brand almond flour grain-free tortillas, and you have to quarter your tortillas and then you make your quesadilla one quarter at a time. So it takes about two minutes per piece and so about eight minutes total to make a full quesadilla. I've done it with the ground beef. So I cook the ground beef in the device first, take it out and then wipe it out so that it's uh, the surface is clean and then I can use the tortilla. Put the tortilla in, put your meats, whatever meat, chicken, ground beef, whatever you're putting on, and then layer your cheese and then put a top piece of tortilla, close the lid, cook for a couple minutes or one minute, one and a half minutes on one side and then flip if you want to. Um, You're really, I mean, all of the ingredients are already cooked. You're just melting the cheese and getting it nice and yummy. So I've done that and covered, topped it with fresh basil, topped it with salsa, And there you have your breakfast. So it's a very versatile machine. I continue to practice with it. And I'm going to be doing some more lunchy, dinnery items. And um, (laughs) I know that spam is not a popular food. When I was younger in the Wayback Machine, um, my family ate spam at various times. And one of my, well, my dad really liked Spam. And I didn't dislike it. It's, you know, it's salty and pretty tasty. I dislike um, (laughs) what it is and some of its ingredients. But in recent, the last year and a half, I have realized that actually canned meat is a really good thing to have on hand, especially for traveling, camping, nomadic living. So I do have some Spam on hand and I am going to do a spam, a couple of spam experiments in my Dash Mini Egg Bite Maker. I hate calling it the Dash Mini Egg Bite Maker. It's a very long name, and I'm not always making egg bites. It can make custard. I'm actually going to try um, pumpkin, well, pumpkin pies, but without the crust. So, little mini pumpkin custard cups. Um, That's going to probably be a lot of work for a little tiny (laughs) bites of pumpkin custard um, because it's going to take many, many batches to actually finish those four at a time. But uh, I'm going to try it. I'm going to, I'm going to use a pie pumpkin. I am either going to cook it in my instant pot or I'm going to ask, um, at a church or a senior center or maybe a friend's house. If I have a friend near where I am, and see if I can ask someone to use the oven, bake the pumpkin, and then I'll take it away and do all the rest of my processes. Um, But I can do it in the Instant Pot, and that will just be a, you know, basically a steam pressure-cooked pumpkin, and then I can go from there. I'll be using my little tiny uh, Patriot hand blender to blend it with, and then I'll be using my Dash Mini to cook the little custard cups of pumpkin pie custard so hopefully that will be before Thanksgiving if I can get the time to do it it'll be on a weekend I'm sure um, so yeah those are the things that I'm gonna be using it for it's a very very versatile device I would like them to shorten the name <laughs> they probably are not going to do that but what you need to know is it doesn't just make egg bites. And the silicone cups that look like they come in it, in the picture, they're removable. They're just little silicone cups. You can use them or not. And if you don't use them, there are a lot of things that you can do with this little thing. And, and basically, it's just like a miniature electric skillet. Um, so there's all kinds of things you can do with it. And it is single person portions Um, So that's good because you really can't make too much because too much won't fit in the machine. Okay, so moving on, I went recently to a roof rack and bumper and trailer hitch rack outfitter and I was asking about a box to mount on the back door because I don't necessarily want to extend the length of my vehicle with a hitch rack. And my reverse camera is in a spot that would be hindered if I add something behind it. So I want to be able to see while I'm backing up. And they told me that they don't know of anything that exists that is, um, kind of out of the box, on the market, ready for that purpose. But because of the way things work, I was at another place the very next day and parked in the parking lot as I pulled in was a van that was beautifully outfitted and had the exact box set up that I had in my mind been looking for already on their van. So I stopped and talked to this couple and they were very nice and we had a really nice chat and they told me all about their van and they bought it a few years ago and it was a super stellar deal and it only had 25,000 miles even though it was well over 10 years old Um, but it was expensive and out of the price range that I would have been able to spend on a van even so but it was gorgeous and so the thing that they had on the back was a product by Um That's the brand name, Illuminesse, like aluminum, but it's Illumin-E-S-S. And when I went and I took pictures of theirs and I went and looked it up and the Illuminesse makes a thing called a galley box. So of course, galley, right, is kitchen. <laughs> that works. Um, but what I want it for is to carry my propane and butane and things that I don't want to carry inside Um, I want to carry those in a locking box. So, um, in case you were wondering, they do make it, it does exist. Illuminous is the company that, that I've found that makes one. Um, and they have more than one, but the one that I think the person had is, it comes with a price tag of about $600. So, um, that, That might be out of range for many, many people. And I'm not sure that I can do that at this point. But uh, it's definitely something to set as a goal and something to save for. And I think it is something that I want to try to add at some point. It actually comes... The way that it hitches on is with a bumper... it it kind of adds a a bumper piece that's a swing away bumper and this box is mounted on that swing away part of the bumper. So you can swing it away to still open your back doors. It gives you a nice um, heavy-duty bumper surface for the back and it gives you this locking box space to put your things in. So I will keep looking for additional options. I was thinking, too, about just putting a ladder on the back and finding a box that could mount on the ladder that would be removable so that you could use the ladder if you wanted to to put storage on top. And when the ladder is not in use that way, you could mount the box on the ladder. So I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking about options, and I will be looking for further options, and we'll try to share if I find information about those. Um, but that is a good find. Galley box that fits on the back door and it is bumper mounted. Um, I don't know how much the bumper itself costs, but that's probably going to add a few hundred dollars. So, you know, you're looking at a $900 proposition possibly. Uh, the person that I talked to that had this van said they actually spent $2,500 for a front bumper and back bumper setup that had the galley box and um the spare tire mount, and a winch on the front, and (laughs) a couple of other things that were super cool. Um, But, you know, that does add to the price tag. So anyway, those are um, useful items and something that, you know, somebody might be in the market for, and I will keep looking for others. Lastly, I wanted to share the refrigerator update. So... I still have the Alpha Cool T36. I still like it. It still works great, but I am still using portable battery for it and having to recharge that battery every two days. Um, the other thing that I don't like is that the battery sometimes will shut itself off and it doesn't tell me that it's going to do that. It will just give itself a break. It will just give itself a rest. And so I have to be on alert about every three to four hours to make sure that I know, is the fridge on? Is it running? Is the battery going? And that's kind of an exhausting process. That is just an all day, every day kind of thing. Just check the fridge. Oh, yep. Check the fridge. Yeah. Check the fridge. Oh, now it's off. Turn the fridge back on. Check the fridge. Yep. It's on. Check the fridge. Nope. It's off. (laughs) And it goes on and on and on. It keeps going. So, um, I have decided that I am going to install a deep cycle marine battery and I have an upcoming appointment to have that done because, you know, I'm not a person who can do that myself. Um, I don't know how all of that works, but I do know that the person I've chosen to do it for me knows how to do it and um, has already actually built out his own camper van and he is a mechanic and owns his own shop, has for years, um, and has offered to do that for me. And he's working up the price of, you know, the labor and, and all of the supplies. So I'm going to have a more permanent solution for running the fridge because that is a huge burden and a lot of people have a lot of trouble with, um, consistent refrigeration and I have trouble with consistent refrigeration. So one of the things that I've been told about adding this marine battery is it will be, it will use the vehicle alternator to charge while the vehicle is running. But when the vehicle is turned off, it has a, um, a cutoff switch or, a. cross-transfer switch. I don't remember what they called it, but um, it will not take any draw from the alternator while the vehicle is not running, so it will not drain my vehicle. It will not stop it from being able to start, and it will not allow my car battery to be used as an electricity draw, So it will only draw from the marine battery, and then I can have the fridge on all the time, and the battery will recharge itself just when I'm driving. I will not have to worry about dragging this big battery out every two days to charge it. Now, I do still use the big battery for my electric heater. I do still use it on occasion for my electric space heater when I don't have shore power, and those do also take up quite a bit of electricity. Well, the space heater does. I use that very sparingly. The um, blanket only uses a 60-watt draw, and so it does not take up too much. I can go days on my battery if I'm just recharging a phone, a computer, and using the electric blanket. So um, those are the technical aspects of some of the things I've been dealing with, and I hope that helps somebody. I think that the marine battery will be another one of those game-changer things that helps me to have a better power source that is more consistently reliable, especially through the winter when I don't have a lot of sunlight to use solar to recharge my batteries, and that means I have to go searching for electrical hookups either at the library or at a coffee shop or some other place that I am allowed to use electricity. So, these are the concerns every day in van life. I hope that you have found some value in something here. I hope that you might try the Dash Minis, and if you do, share the information. Let me know what you think. Um, I am going to be talking about these from now until probably a long time from now because uh, the Dash is going to be, well, is currently my main cooking device and will continue to be so throughout most of the winter. Um, So you'll hear a lot more about the Dash Mini and I will share more of the things that I make with it. And um, I am still working up the cookbook of sorts so I can share actual information um, maybe not recipes in the way that you're used to reading them, because I am not going to include a whole lot of specific measurements. I am not going to include a whole lot of specific steps, but I am going to give basic recipe blueprints. You know, uh, one egg, a quarter of a quarter of a zucchini. Well, zucchinis vary in size. So, you know, that's going to be your own discretion. Uh, One half of a bell pepper, that sort of thing. I'm not going to say, you know, you must only use a teaspoon of this or a tablespoon of that because that is not the way these recipes work. And that is not really the way um, camping van life cooking works. It can, if you have a class A motorhome or you know, an RV or a fifth wheel or something with a full kitchen and you have all the stuff. But most of the people, I I would hazard that a very large percentage of the people living this way are not the ones who have the gourmet kitchen. And so um, it is a different kind of cooking. It is not the kind of cooking you do in your home kitchen. And that means it is not the same kind of recipe book. It is not the same kind of formulation, formulary. Um, so I will be sharing that once I finally, if I, if I, if I finally ever get it ready, uh, I hope within the next six months. I said that last year around this time and it's a year later and I'm, I'm not a lot further. I've been working on it. Yes, but I am not a lot further toward the finish line yet. Um, But I have gained a lot of knowledge and experience and information to pack in there. So um, it's an ever-evolving process. So again, thank you for joining me today. I hope that you um, gained something of interest from this discussion and uh, you haven't, you know, turned it off at 10 minutes. (laughs) And If you you didn't gain anything, well, I apologize for taking your time. But it is a beautiful day. Uh, The rain has subsided a little bit. It is 85 degrees inside my van um, because I've been sitting in a place where the sun came out and is shining on me, and uh, that's always welcome. So uh, enjoy your travels, enjoy your food, enjoy your kitchen, and I'm planning my winter travels, so maybe we will see each other on down the road.